What's good? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Beautifully Built Podcast. I'm your girl, Melissa Impat, and I'm so excited. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I have my new cover art up for the podcast. I'm really excited about it. My girl, Natasha, hooked it up. I put all of Natasha's info in the show notes. So if you also have a podcast and you're looking for some cover art, definitely reach out to her. She was so easy to work with and I'm really, really happy with how it came out. So yay! (laughs) I'm also just so excited about this episode today. This is my friend Talon. Talon and I met on Facebook and this is our second male guest on the show. So I'm super excited to be expanding more and inviting some men onto the show. I just truly think there's something so powerful in a balance of masculine and feminine energy. And I think opening up the show and expanding a little bit will create such a nice balance for all of us. So I'm really excited. Thank you so much, Talon, for coming on the show, being so vulnerable, and really sharing your heart with us. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Talon Harris. Um, My father named me Talon because, you know, we grew up with exotic animals. We had alligators and we raised exotic parrots and boa constrictors and iguanas. That's cool. What a childhood. (laughs) Yeah, my dad was like Crocodile Dundee. You know, I, I thought I had the coolest dad in the world because I, yeah. he had a he had a long mullet and we had animals and but for the longest time I really didn't like my name because it was so different. You know, every time I say my name is Talon, they're like I got to repeat it three or four times and nobody can spell it. So going through school, I was just like, man, this is like a curse. You know. I want a regular name. My name's never on those little tags in, in the gift shop. No, you don't have any keychains. Nope. No, I don't. Um, but it's cool to, to really feel power in your uniqueness and who you are because none of us look the same, sound the same. Um, so I think that's, that's cool. You know, I've spent so much of my life trying to be like other people and really just own who I am and just yeah. roll with it. Hell yeah. I love that. I am so passionate about meeting people who just show up unapologetically themselves. It's like it radiates this energy, right? It's like this whole different layer of confidence. It it, absolutely. And it's hard. It's, it's a constant work in progress because those, those limiting thoughts and those beliefs are always there, you know, to want to compare myself and do all those things. So it's really, I got to stand guard in my mind and, and usher out those things that don't serve me. Um, yeah. And every day, it's just working on that discipline, that discipline, that discipline. Um, you know, I don't think there's a finish line when it comes to that. That's just, it's like getting your black belt or second degree black belt and just disciplining your mind. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Southern California. My uh, my father still lives in uh, Redondo Beach. My my parents split up before I was even born. So my mom moved up to Northern California and I stayed down there in Southern California with my father. Hmm. And uh pretty rocky childhood was you know besides all the cool things with the animals it was pretty much hell um just kind of drugged me around from one nightmare to another and I got to see a lot of how not to be a father how not to treat women and all those things and about 15 years old I left I left to come up to northern California which is where I am now in Sacramento to come stay with my mom my mom and kind of start my life over again Mm. you know failing in school, just was bouncing around, never even had like our own home. It was just, it was just ugly. It was bad. So um, I finally made the decision to, I was like, I, I'm just going to leave. I don't know what I'm going into. Um, I was already, I did my freshman year in, in Southern California. I'm going to leave my, my high school and all my friends and my girlfriend and just, I'm just going to go. 
So I came up here in uh, the summer before I started my sophomore year, didn't know anybody. And then, uh, you know, just started making new friends and life just, you know, started over again here. And now this feels like oh. home. I'm yeah. 33 now and I've been here longer than I was in Southern California. So this is when people ask me where I'm from, I now say Sacramento. I don't say Southern California anymore. Yeah. No. Mm, so, I love that. It's so, it's so empowering knowing that, you know, it's never too late to have a fresh start. It's never too absolutely. late. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even I when I was like with my father, yeah. when I was with my father, we, you know, we were bouncing around all over Southern California, just from, you know, he was dragging me from one relationship to another. And it was like every six months to a year, I was starting a new school. Mm. So I was constantly not having friends. I was by myself a lot, I was kind of a loner. You know, I just didn't know how to fit in. And, I, and, and one aspect, I liked it because maybe if I did something that it was embarrassing at one school, I got to like start fresh at another school and kind of reinvent myself, you know? I am like, <laughs> Nobody... I'm laughing right now because I went to four high schools. So I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, came up here when I was 15 and then uh, finished the rest of my high school up here, graduated, which was awesome. And then uh, immediately went right into the trade. I worked commercial construction for almost a decade. Wow. And I so was right very, after high school, right as soon as you got out of high school? Well, even in high school, I was working weekends. My, my stepdad at the time, a, a guy that my mom was, was married to, um, he owned his own construction company. So he was really, interesting enough, my, my stepdad at the time, his name is Yogi, he was like the father figure that I never had. He showed me how to work on cars. He showed me what hard work ethic was. Um, I was working with them on the weekends and summer breaks and you know Christmas breaks and just earning extra money and really knowing what like sweat equity was and how to earn money. And I was I was making good money for 15, 16 years. I thought oh, 10 bucks an, an hour awesome cash. I was like, yeah, that's amazing at that young of an age too. Yeah, it it was awesome. So immediately, you know, I told my counselor, I was like, nope, I don't want to go to college. I'm, I know what I want to do. I'm going to go and work the trades, make good money. I like what I do. It, it's filling. And that's what I did. I immediately went to construction right away. And I was able to align myself with um, different companies that paid really well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was 19, 20 years old, and I was making six figures in wow. construction. Mm -hmm. I was traveling a lot. Um, but you know, I was doing really well. And I was having to sacrifice, I wasn't going out and partying. Mm -hmm. I wasn't staying up late because I had to get up at three and four in the morning to go and drive two hours to a construction site in mm -hmm. San Francisco or, you know, who knows where and go and work. But, you know, I had dreams. I had goals. I had things that I wanted. Wow, only I was that's gonna, incredible. Only I was going to get there is with working my ass off. I didn't have, you know, my parents, my mom, they weren't, they weren't wealthy. You know, we were just a regular blue collar family. We struggled a lot. So I knew if I wanted all of these things that I desired, I wouldn't have to go out and earn it. There was no handouts in, in mm -hmm. my life. So I did that. So for 10 years, I just worked and worked and worked and worked. And I had a lot of nice things. Um, got to do a lot of really cool things. But, you know, towards the end of it, I just had this feeling of just, it just wasn't fulfilling. I was working with people who were much older than me. You know, all my superintendents and foremen 
who I looked up to, they became like role models to me because I, I love how they commanded respect and they carried themselves. And I, I took a lot away from those people too. Mm. Um, just how to be a man and how just to go, you know, around the, the macho stuff and how to yeah. talk like a man and how to interact with grown men and, and how, and how to hold the conversation, firm handshake, eye contact, you know, to get respect and maintain the level that I was at, the income I was at, I had to really, you know, step up my game consistently. And especially if I wanted to make more and more money, which is what I did. I was very successful because I, I was always much older than my age. I was always called an old soul. So fast forward to the end of 10 years, two weeks before my wedding day, um, before I got married to my wife now, I got laid off. And it was, it was kind of a, a blessing at the time, or not at the time, it's a blessing now, but at the time, you know, I, was, I had been feeling for the last year that something was off. This wasn't, wasn't serving me anymore. I was living my life for the weekends. I was gone Monday through Friday, out of town, coming home, trying to like live for Saturday, Sunday, but really Saturday is like decompression day. And on Sundays, like I'm getting ready to go get up at 3 a.m. to go back to work again. But I was trapped by the money. I was complacent by the money. And everyone. Yeah, I, that, was, that, that's hard because you were making such great money, but you were probably exhausted. Yeah. I, was, I built this life around it too. I had, you know, I've always been into hot rods, cars, fast cars, nice things. And those things are expensive. And I developed okay expensive hobbies and habits and I had built a life around it. So uh -huh. that fear of like, how can I replace Not able to do stuff? that anymore. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right. So it kept me stuck, but everyone I worked with were miserable too. So all day long, all we talked about was how miserable we were. It just oh my became gosh, a very that's so low vibe. Yeah. Toxic. Yeah, to toxic. <laughs> toxic. We all daydream about like, oh, oh we're going to start our own business. We're going to do this. And that was, that was kind of the start of it was, us just daydreaming every day. We'd, we'd just be working shoulder to shoulder with each other, whether we're digging a ditch or, um, you know, I did, I built government buildings. So I built prisons and bridges and it was wow. all preventing wage stuff, <laughs> which is really high paying work. Um, so all day we would just talk about our dreams and how we just didn't have that fire on us anymore because the money just, we were just stuck. We were complacent. And luckily enough, I got laid off two weeks before I was, was getting married. And, uh, you know, we had spent all this money on the wedding and the honeymoon and I was kind of stressed out. But I was like, ah, you know, I'll come back and I'll just get an, I'll, I'll get my job back. Uh, it was probably temporary. Or I'll go get another one. No big deal. I go and get married. It was beautiful. Go on the honeymoon. We go to Mexico. And I kind of had a realization that, you know what? I just, it's not worth it. That money, that comfort is not worth it anymore. Mm. So I had to make a choice, which was follow my passion and dreams or follow the comfort of, of money and security. Oh, wow. What a, what a powerful lesson. So I have a question though, because in yep. the midst of it, it must've been, you must've been like beside yourself two weeks before your wedding getting laid off. It's so wild how like sometimes our most powerful lessons can be yeah. so stressful in the moment. But then when we look back on it, Right, we can take away all the lessons. So were you kind of like freaked out when it happened? No, you know, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Not a lot gets me gets me fired up or gets me really full of anxiety. I'm very relaxed. I just oh, that's good. I, <laughs> I would have been like, oh my I, god. I, no. I, I, I shoot from the hip all the time. I love adventure. I love the unknown. 
so that that just was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it work. I've always been a very resourceful person. I was going to so, say you're a born entrepreneur, then. <laughs> right, resourcefulness, I think, is such a huge skill that anybody can develop. You know, it's just like having. Well, I don't know how to do this. Well, Google it, YouTube it. Like that's being resourceful with the resources around you. So on that, that's what I was good at. I was good at just thinking on my feet. Just being in construction, being all these different things, there's like always problems and you got to problem solve and you got to think on your feet and you got to just figure shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, during my honeymoon, I had to talk with myself and my wife and she supported me no matter what I did. And um, I said, you know what? I have this passion for cars, building these, these one, and I, I built classic cars, custom cars, hot rods. So anything that's like 1972 and older, was my passion. I built a lot of hot rods during my time already. So I was like, you know, I, I love this, like creating role of rolling works of art, you know, that really take your, your personality and they kind of, you get to put it into a car. It's kind of like the clothes that you wear kind of speak to who you are. Mm-hmm. Kind of me, it's what a car was. And a car was like the first taste of freedom to me as a kid. It's like, I have my own car. I can go anywhere. So it meant a lot to me. Well, you know, cars have a lot of sentimental values to me, especially the older ones, because they are so old that they have these beautiful stories that come with them. You know, I have cars that are over 100 years old, and they have, you know, they have like T plus H and a heart carved in the dash. It'll be dated 1966, and I would never touch that. That is, that is amazing, because they have a story. Somebody bought this car brand new off the showroom. And it was their pride and joy. Here I am with it. And I don't truly own them. I'm just kind of like a caretaker of it because it'll live beyond me and somebody else will add to the story of it. So I know cars are just kind of a point A to point B to some people, but to me, it's much deeper. They have soul. So I started building them out of my garage. I had no idea how to like open a business or what to do. I said, I'm just going to put, you know, I had, I had a reputation already, so I, I had kind of have a network, but I just put an ad out on Craigslist. Yeah. Said, so how hey, old were you? How old were you at this point? I was, um, that was five years ago now. So I was 28. Right. Yeah. Cool. So you just put, put an ad out on <laughs> Craigslist, figured it out. Put an ad out on Craigslist, figured it out. I actually had a lot of response and I was really busy. I had a three car garage. I was building two cars at a time and <laughs> things, things were rocking and rolling. I was working from home, being my own boss, making my own hours. I thought it was great. You know, I was making money. Um, and then I quickly realized every, what it was like to be your own boss and to actually have to be accountable for your own time and <laughs> be productive and like control <laughs> yeah. your schedule uh-huh. and control distractions. Because when everyone finds out that, you know, you're your own boss, everybody wants to stop in and hang out. And it's just, it was, it was a learning experience. And then I was very fortunate enough to somebody responded to my, my Craigslist dad. He had a 69 Camaro he wanted built. He came over. He was, He's 12 years older than I am. His name's JD. And he became instantly like my mentor. He showed me the power of a book. Because up until that point, I listened to a couple audible books here and there while I did some mundane stuff, but was just kind of, you know, I was listening to fitness stuff or some podcasts. But he really showed me the power of personal development. He put in my hands, think and grow rich. Oh, yeah. What a good one. 
right? And he said, this is a really deep book. I don't know if you're ready for it, but I'm going to give it to you along with, um, you know, the E-Myth and so many other great books, Grant Cardone, uh, all, all of those people who are very well known and yeah. mm-hmm. right. Business, personal development. And I just started devouring them and we would talk every day for three, four hours. And he was a successful business owner. He had done a lot. He'd been in real estate. He was a millionaire. He just had accomplished a lot in his life and had a passion for, for helping people. And he really, in his words, saw something in me. He's like, because I would give you something, you would read it, you immediately apply it. And then, ask me questions about it. Like you were actually listening. So that was kind of my jam. And then from there, we actually became business partners and we took my, my hot rod shop from out of my garage and we went full scale. Went got a commercial building, all kinds of tools, like just went from garage to hundred miles an hour. And then I had to grow into that. And then I got my first employee, my second employee, and then third employee, and then pretty soon I'm like knee deep in shit here, and I'm like, holy wow. crap! Like this is just going. You were like, you were like up leveling faster than you could even imagine. Yeah, before my skills could even catch up, I was in this constant growth phase where I was like, so cool. man, I just want to catch my breath. Like I just want something to be normal for a month. Like, but that just wasn't the path I was on. I was on this rapid growth path, and Things were going and going and I was loving it. And then something happened where one day it just, I wasn't passionate about it anymore. Like things had gotten so heavy, so many customers, problems all the time, problems with employees and employees um, who I had took in as, as family, who I had spent a lot of time with. And this is kind of where I started getting my feet wet in, in, in helping people was I was, I was coaching the people who worked for me. I was playing um, personal development over the, over the shop, oh, over the radio all day idea. long. <laughs> I was coaching them with their, their family problems and, you know, they all wanted to have their own business too and just how to do that. And then, you know, I, so I had invested a lot, a lot into people. And then one person in particular, he, he really did me wrong. Um, you know, he stabbed me in the back more or less, but it was a blessing in disguise because he had became toxic. And he was much older than me. So here I am, the boss of somebody who's much older than me, very cynical. And he had his own reasons, you know. Um, but it was, became very toxic situation to where every day I'd be driving to my shop and I'd be like having these arguments in my head before they even happened. I'd be trying to, you know, navigate these arguments and feeling them. And I, I found myself just dwelling on this negative thought process all the time. And it was affecting my home life and I didn't want to be at the shop anymore. And luckily for, for me, he decided one day that he was just going to up and quit. You know, he's going to start his own thing. He could do it better and be better. And God bless him. He was the biggest thing. It was the best thing he ever did for me at that time. Because I realized when I walked into my shop and he wasn't there, it was like, whew. Wow. Weight off your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. This energy was gone. So Another year had gone by, things are going well, and I, there's something that was just was, wasn't clicking anymore. I loved the customers. What I had found in all of that was I loved connecting with people and helping people. I was helping them fix a problem, which happened to be their car, but it wasn't the car anymore that was, because it was my passion. But when I turned my passion into a job, 
something that I had to do. I didn't want to do it anymore. It was like, you know, yeah. I, the lady that loves the baked pies, everybody tells her to open up a, a pie store, a bakery, and then she's there at 4 a.m. to midnight baking pies, and now she freaking hates pies. Like, and that's yeah. kind of how it was with me. The fun out of it. Takes the fun yeah. out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I took an art form and I made it into a job and mm-hmm. it wasn't art anymore. It was like production. So I, I set a deadline. I said, okay, as of, you know, May 1st, I'm closing the shop down. I just said, and it was three months out. I said, I'm just, wow. just going to do it. And as the day got closer, I was getting, you know, kind of full of anxiety and whatever, because I didn't really have a plan of what the hell I was going to do after that. Like, I just knew that I had to stop because the comfort of what I was doing would have kept me trapped again. I was getting trapped again by the comfort and the complacency of being good at what I did, kind of, you know, really being labeling myself as talent, the hot rod guy. Like that's how I was being known as and was kind of feeding my ego a little bit. And that was like who I was mm-hmm. and it no longer who was who I was, but I was feeling like I had to be this person and I had to let go of that identity or stop identifying with my job mm. and really just identify with who I am as a person, as a man. Damn, that's probably a wake up call to a lot of people listening right now because it's easy to identify ourselves as, as what we do. Mm. Right. You know, when I was in construction, I was telling the construction worker. Mm-hmm. I was in hot rod, I was telling the hot rod guy. I was like, I was always identifying with my job instead of just who I really freaking am, yeah. you know, and, and I have friends who are, you know, truck drivers and that's how they identify. I'm a truck driver and just like, you're not a truck driver. You're, you're, you are who you are. That's just something you do. Mm-hmm. Not, to, you know, not to tell anybody how to live their life. It's just from my perspective and walking that path, there's more, there's more to life than your job and what you label yourself as. Mm-hmm. So that's just my perception or my take you're, on you're so incredibly great at trusting your intuition. It, it takes a lot of pain before I finally lift them up. Mm, love it. Isn't that the truth? Me too. I'm the same way. I had to learn the hard way over and over and over again until I heard that voice inside. Absolutely. The pain gets so great. You're like, okay, I just can't take you anymore. Like something's got to change. And that was in my health because at that time I had let my health go to hell. Like I was overweight. I was pushing 220 pounds. I'm 5'10". Um, I was stopped going to the gym for about a year and a half and I was always been in the fitness and working out. My wife is a competitive power lifter. Um, oh, yeah, that's the- badass. She's got to come on the show next. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she is a badass in herself. She is so structured. Like I, there's so many parts of her that I wish I had, which is just her, her structure and her just systematized mindset, man. She gets cool. so much done. It's incredible. Even just in her training, she's so methodical, it's, it's insane, and it works for her. Um, but during the time that I had the shop, we had bought a new house, and life had happened, and we had got a new dog, and I had lost my dog of 13 years, and then just, you know, and I have a 10-year-old son, so I'm a father as well, and just all the things of life, and the work-life balance of working 12, 14 hours a day, and then coming home, and still working as like as a business owner and a traditional business, especially people always ask like, what are your hours of operation? I'm like, it's not, you know, nine to five, it's eyes open, eyes shut. It's yes, like it I is. wake up, <laughs> I wake up, I think about business. I go to bed. I think about business. I don't clock out 
and now I get to relax. That's, that's the price of entry for an entrepreneurship. You really want to create your own life and your own destiny, then it has to be a part of your life. It's not something that you just clock out of. Like even oh, yeah. going on va- vacations is very difficult. It's just like, you know, when you, when the boss is away, the mice will play and that's how it was. And so I got unhealthy. Things were going just in a toxic direction. So I said, okay, I'm going to close the business. Right before I closed it, one of my lead employees stepped up and said, you know what? You've been working with me. I've learned a lot. I really want to take a shot at taking, taking this over and making it my own. I said, yeah, I thought long and hard about it. And he wasn't really ready, but either was I, you know? Mm. So I, uh, I sold him the business for a dollar wow! <laughs> and uh, gave him a bunch of work and a bunch of tools and just kind of set him up as best I could wow. for success. For success. Person. Wow. And it was awesome. And it was just another, because right after that, because the next day after I walked out of the shop, I packed up my stuff. I came home. I didn't know what to do. Like my identity was gone. And for six months or so, I went through this weird, like almost postpartum depression where like, I I didn't have this identity anymore. Like I didn't have this thing that I had to go and do. And, you know, I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to get into the health coaching space, personal development space, life coaching, but I really didn't know how, like I I knew that I was already helping people and I was being, you know, I was being a positive influence to people, but nobody was paying me to do it you know, and my health was still kind of a wreck. So I'd stumbled upon a health company who had an amazing business model to where you could, you know, I, I used their products. I was a product of their product and I totally transformed my life, my health, my vitality, like everything across the board, not to sound like an infomercial, but it really transformed <laughs> my life. Yeah. It gave you something to plug into and find that purpose again. Absolutely. And then I just had a new look on life and, and then just the community, it was really the community that's involved with it. And it's in network marketing. And I was going to say like, you are helping people make people happy with their cars, but like helping people with their quality of life is a different, different fulfillment. Totally. It's on another level. Yeah. And then tapping into a community of like-minded people who want you to be successful sometimes more for, more for, more than you want it for yourself sometimes. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I believe that. that. Mm-hmm. Push. So, and I was hesitant. You know, I kind of had a prejudice against network marketing. And um, it took me a long time. I was just a product user. I was just somebody who loved the product was a product of the product and was just like, I'm just, I'm going to start another business and do it this way. And then I just had another epiphany. I was like, why? Like, this has helped me. Why not just share it with more people? Mm. And that's what I've been doing for the better part of six months now. And it's been an amazing journey. And then in that meantime, uh, I started a CBD company as well. Um, Everyone knows I love CBD. I talk about CBD quite often. (laughs) CBD is is just been, you know, it's not a cure-all. And it's kind of been an uphill battle because, 
you know, there's a lot of people who are still not understanding what it is, or maybe it's kind of taboo, or they think it's, you know, marijuana, or all of those things. So I spend a lot of time every day just kind of explaining what Educating. it is. Yeah, it's, it's so fact. new, right? It takes a lot of education still. It does. So combine that with the, the health and wellness company I'm working with now, like literally I wake up every day to messages of people I'm bringing value to, mm. while I'm helping, I'm improving their lives. Like that is the best feeling to wake up to messages like that, to know that you've made somebody's life better or help them start their own business and improve their financial future because you know just as much as people have a health problem people have a money problem in this mm -hmm. world you know an extra five hundred dollars for somebody's life can do a lot i think statistically it could save a high percentage of marriages i think is with an yeah. extra five hundred dollars oh, yeah, mm -hmm. and and stress is such a big contributor to your health that when you have financial stress, like most of, most of us have gone through, that when you can cure that along, along with their nutrition and their health and their mindset, you know, I, I dive into mindset and meditation and just daily rituals and habits and cold showers and just all of these things, journaling. And these are the things that I've gotten from coaches that I've hired. So that's so like it's so in alignment with my mission of inspiring people to have a beautifully built life a life that you're really building with intention in all aspects absolutely a life a life by design absolutely yeah yep <laughs> so now i'm just in the process of progress and and i still now i have three coaches and they all help me different aspects of my life oh, yeah. my my relationship my marriage is on fire my my relationship with my 10 year old son is amazing. We are so tightly connected. Oh, we have a, beautiful. We just adopted a new dog. We have two dogs now and just things are, are beautiful. And mm -hmm. the deeper I dive into myself through my reading and my practicing and my implement, implementation of these practices, mm -hmm. meditation, and I've been doing a lot, reading a lot of like Dr. Joe Dispenza's. Yeah, my, I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. And that's just taken all of the like eat, think and grow rich so to speak when i read think and grow rich i understood it I, I read it multiple times but it was very surface level for me i was like okay i you know to me the secret in think and grow rich was thinking is believing like you think and you grow rich you, you have to you have to actually believe in it and it'll come true and to me that like i understood the concept but dr joe dispenza in breaking the habit of being you and becoming supernatural he takes it on such a, a deeper level to where I, I understand the, the mechanics of it. You know, I'm a very mechanical person. I like to see see how things work and how it all intertwines. A concept is a concept or a philosophy is philosophy, but I need to know how I can apply it with actionable steps. Yeah. And so for anyone listening who doesn't know who Dr. Joe Dispenza is, follow him on Instagram because he has awesome content, but he um, is really big into the quantum physics world. So, you know, actually really truly understanding how our brain works and how you know th thoughts really do become things and it's and it's wild when you actually start really tangibly seeing how everything happens around you it's amazing um he said something the other day i was listening to one of his youtube videos and he and he simply said your thoughts are chemicals mm. every thought you have is a chemical and when you think about it, like what are thoughts are they just some 
imaginary energy that's projects an image in your mind, or are they, they're actually chemicals that your brain is releasing. Right. And think of all the thoughts that you have and all the chemicals that you're releasing in your body, you know, negative thoughts, toxic thoughts, and what is that doing to your physical body? How is that manifesting? Just like if you were to take a poison or a toxin, it affects your body physically. You feel bad, like, and those are what your thoughts are. So control your thoughts and you control your physical body, just like everything. Uh, you, you get aroused, you get horny, you know, that actually affects your physical body. Yeah. Hell yeah. Physiology. Um, you use your imaginative faculties and you actually start changing your body mm-hmm. and how you feel and your state of mind. So really putting those things in perspective, tied it all together for me. I was like, okay, let me, let me really think about the life that I want to create by design. Let me think it, feel it. And then my, my all around coach, Ryan Nidell, who also has a podcast, the optimized life. Mm, um, I like that. He, he has been, been working, I've been working together for I think over 90 days now. And it's been truly amazing in itself because he gives me so many practical a- actionable things to do. And one of them is future self journaling. I had never heard of future self-journaling before. Yeah, I do it all. I did it last night, actually. So good. Yeah, explain that a little bit. Explain that. So I'm still learning. There's no right or wrong way to do it. But for me, it's, it's, it's journaling as if you've already accomplished the things yeah. that you want to accomplish and getting very descriptive with them to where you can see it, smell it, touch it, taste it, like paint the, the picture senses. with your mind so yeah vividly exactly where i mean you to where you make your 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 skin you know goose you know you get goosebumps like really feel it and and let go of that death grip that you have of of time yeah you know time isn't real i know it's so hard to wrap your head around but time is not real you can actually research it on google and read a lot of really interesting stuff about that that's a whole nother podcast episode and, and that's what's hard about this is because, or for me, I should say, is my environment is, is finding like-minded people yeah. because a lot of my guy friends, they, they don't think like I do or they're just not there yet in their journey. Maybe they will be. That's, they're just on their own path. And when I start talking about these things, I become kind of the weird guy or the guy that's kind of woo-woo, you know? I think it's so cool because, like, to me, you have such an awesome balance between masculine and feminine energy. You know, and I think that unfortunately, a, a lot of the time these days, guys are so in the masculine and that's why some of this stuff just doesn't make as much sense. So it's pretty cool when you can have a balance. Same for women too. Yeah. Same for women. You know, some women are way too feminine and don't have enough of that balanced masculine. Right. And just like you had said, you know, with, with the men who listen and reach out to you, I had a podcast last year, only got a few episodes into it. I was doing it with a partner and times just didn't work out but during the process we had a lot of female listeners even through my my social media stuff things mm-hmm. i post i get i get far more i would not to say attention but just validation from the females of just mindset podcast stuff things that i ask like women i think are just more more open to all of these things i think maybe earlier in age and i think men are a little later in their development when they get to this this open-mindedness to the quantum field and all of these things. Now, the the new generation, I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't really have my finger on the pulse of where they're at. Um, 
I would say the newer generation, when I say newer generation, people who are, you know, maybe late teens, early 20s, they definitely seem to have more feminine energy to them. Um, they're, they're a little softer, so to speak. I, you know, I, I grew up with the macho stuff and construction. It was all about being hard and being carved out of wood and just being, you know, tough as nails. And when I look at the younger generation, now I don't really see that. You know, I see a lot of soft, soft, even my son who's 10, he's a pretty soft, emotional kid. And a lot of his friends are. And so it's interesting. It's almost like I was, we're a generation raised by, I was a generation raised by kind of men and women. And now it's just more of like generation raised by, it seems like, you know, more of a feminine energy. Mm. Yeah, there's a, lot, there. there's a lot of spiritual guides who say that, you know, the universe is shifting into more of a feminine energy. So yeah, right. it's, it's, yeah, it's really interesting mm -hmm. in the energetic world. It's really interesting to see. Um, and yeah, the way it plays out is, is pretty exciting to see that people, you know, are a little bit more drawn to this idea of reconnecting within. And I think that it's really powerful because people show up more intentionally when they're willing to come within. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, it's been such a great journey. I just, it's just every day I wake up and I, you know, I think, okay, well, what is the life that I want to create today? And so how do I want to show up and be a better husband? Like being a better husband. So I ran a book, I read a book called um, how to be a 3% man by Corey Wayne. And that book was so powerful for my relationship and really just driving home simple concepts. And something my coach actually said this morning to me was when we read a book, we're not actually learning something new. We're learning something that's already inside of us, like that, that divine, infinite intelligence that we're all tapped into. Because when you read something, typically I say, like, oh, well, I, I knew that. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Right. Like it was already in me. I just, within, for yeah, sure. that, that, that intelligence is already in me. I, I already knew that. Like, Oh, yeah. never stop dating my wife. Never let that go away. Like I, I knew that it just, I needed that reminder to keep that, the, the energy, that fire, that, that lust, that spontaneity alive until oh, so the day I die, like live life with passion. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, so beautiful. So beautiful. We just, we just need that reminder sometimes. And, and you never have to stop learning or, or cleaning out the cobwebs. You know, the, your kitchen will get dusty again. Yeah. Pick up, pick up that book it's and read work. it again. Yeah, life work. Absolutely. There is no end destination to plant your flag. Um, it's continual, you know, disciplining of the mind. Yeah. So, so where can everyone connect with you? Where can they, where can they connect with you on social media? So I'm on Facebook, Talon Harris, and Instagram, underscore Talon, T-A-L-O-N, underscore Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. Perfect. And I'll put those in the show notes, too, so people can scroll down and easily connect with you there. So you have, ah. you have seriously given so much valuable information to people. But is, what is one last thing that you could leave all of the listeners with? It's a loaded okay. question. <laughs> Just don't compare yourself to other people, Where, wherever they are in their journey or how they look or how they act or just don't compare yourself. Just own who you are and the beauty and the uniqueness of who you are. Nobody looks just like you. Nobody has your same voice. Um, all of those things. Just own the uniqueness 
and the beauty of who you are, what makes you you, and that there'll never be another you. Yeah. Even if you can't find a keychain with your name on it. <laughs> yeah, rocket. It's so true. Uh, and it's, it's, it's wild that all of our own thoughts are our own perception. And, and you know, you have those thoughts for a reason. And, and I feel like you've just been such a great example of having a thought and really chasing after it, regardless of, you know, the fears or the limiting beliefs. It seems like you've really made so many of your thoughts a reality. It's pretty inspiring for people to hear. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us. I really uh, absolutely. So good. I hope you guys enjoyed Talon's message just as much as I did. If you have any guy friends that you think would be a great fit for the Beautifully Built podcast, don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to hear from you. Shoot me a DM on Instagram, A underscore healthy underscore attitude. I am super excited to bring in a little more of this masculine energy. So we'll see where this takes us. Hope you guys really enjoyed this episode and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one. Yeah.